Hello everybody, we just had a lovely chat with actor Philip Roche, very insightful, and tips from Philip's time working with acting giants such as Joaquin Phoenix and Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, we go in depth in terms of his work on video games like the Hitman series, um, how he uses physical prep to get in the right emotional mindset for parts. There's so much here for any actor that needs a bit of motivation or advice at the moment. And before we play this interview with Philip, as we've got you here, we'd love it if you could subscribe to our podcast if you're on spotify apple podcast it doesn't matter just click that subscribe button if you could leave us a positive review that gives us a huge helping hand in getting more people to this podcast which is what we would love to happen and if you aren't already we're on social media whether that is facebook instagram twitter come join us say hello there's so many more exciting things in the pipeline and without further ado here is the interview in the room with Philip Roche. to have you on the podcast finally how are you doing this evening <laughs> fantastic i'm so glad to be here um i've been looking forward to this for ages how are you guys doing yeah really pretty good, good thank you and we're yeah both really excited to uh get you on tonight yeah yeah i've been looking forward to it it's very good to be here it's great yeah, it's great to have a chat with you. Both um, Christian and I have worked with Philip before on self-tapes. And um, I think, um, yep. Christian, didn't you work with Philip in, um, in get, was that getting into drama school? You worked with Philip on that? Or was yes, that I've worked with. Oh, Philip, yeah. yeah, Christian, that's yes. right. Of course, you know, because when I've, obviously I've worked with both you chaps um, when you've had auditions and self-tapes and things like that. But it actually, it slipped my mind that, Christian, that we've worked together for many months we worked together for many months when you auditioned for drama school yeah we did yeah uh, great and you did so well and i think you got into arts ed i did go to arts ed in the end yeah yeah that's great uh, i was really proud of you uh, it was great to work with you well great to work with you both Likewise. Well, well done for getting that in there, Philip. Thank you. you. You saved my blushes there by thanking me as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we'll crack on with the questions. Um, so we, everyone has a version of the how we got into acting story. The, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, the, it was all we wanted to do at school. Like it's the only lesson we paid attention in or we were obsessed all after right. going to our first theatre show. There's there's so yeah, many. Yeah, yeah. What is yours? Yeah. OK, um. Ah, okay. Well, okay. As far as I can, if if what my dad told me was accurate, um, apparently, I don't remember it like this, but apparently when I finished, it's <laughs> what my dad told me, uh, when I finished my A-levels, apparently I said to my dad, well, I've done my a levels now dad uh i better go and get a job now i can't imagine saying that because the thought of getting a job would have been horrific to me but apparently that's what i said and my dad said to me philip you wouldn't like to get a job why don't you go to university so i said oh, okay i'll go to university then and uh i got an offer at 
a college affiliated to Liverpool University and you had to do three subjects and you had to you had to look down the row that these three columns of subjects to choose your three subjects and in one column I chose psychology in the other column my favorite one was art because I've always been into art and the other column I came across this thing called drama I thought oh drama <laughs> acting that sounds good I think I'd like that so um that was it and uh so I did drama and art I mean I dropped psychology in the end a drama and art at Liverpool and um yeah that was how uh <laughs> okay interesting yeah so um time is money is a phrase synonymous with the film industry uh, and there's obviously an immense amount of pressure on everyone to get the take or get the shot in that sort of a charged environment and that that can obviously make acting very very difficult you've been in huge projects like the king on netflix how do you personally handle the demands of being on set without compromising your work uh you mean the pressures that you mean the pressures that can be involved being on set yeah if the, if the, if the director's like okay we need to get this take done now yeah, no. yeah. um yeah, that's a that's a very good question actually i think i mean i've noticed that pressure at times on various projects i remember when i did i did something for the bbc many moons ago many moons ago called the secret agent and i really enjoyed doing that i was really i loved the series and i was really happy with my performance but i remember that the we had to because the time constraints were ludicrous and so everything had to be to be got so so quickly and you could really feel the director was a really great guy and he was a good director very very good director um i think his name is charles charles mcdougall and uh i could tell that it, it was very very important that they got the shots very, very quickly. So you really have to be on the ball. I, I guess it's when you feel relaxed and you enjoy who you're working with. And I think the most important thing for an actor is to be relaxed. Because when you're relaxed, all your, all your ability and all your talent and all your beauty comes out. But if you get tense, and we've all experienced that from time to time, of course, that's when that's when things can get a bit hard for you so no matter what the pressures are on the set time pressures or whatever it is i think the most important thing is always just be relaxed and enjoy yourself absolutely yeah and you've mentioned that to me time and time again when we work together just yeah. you know just chill out um stay, <laughs> staying on the um the film project that was a short answer sorry yeah. <laughs> so yeah staying on the film projects that you've been in yeah you've, you've acted opposite or in the same films as stars like Joaquin Phoenix and obviously Timothy Chalamet and the King yeah Meryl Streep was yeah. there anything that you noticed about how these actors behaved on set and not just from action to cut, but before and after that leads to okay. performances. Yeah, that's interesting. That's another very, very, you're asking very good questions here. Very interesting questions. Um, yeah, that's very interesting, actually. Uh, 
with Joaquin Phoenix, uh, when I worked with him on the Sisters Brothers, uh, I really enjoyed working with him immensely and with uh, John C. Riley. I, I love the, the two scenes that we did. Uh, I, I absolutely loved shooting that, loved shooting that so much. Um, I remember going into hair and makeup because I only had, I, I, all I had on that was just a one day shoot. And I went into hair and makeup and uh, so I sat down in the chair and I noticed Joaquin Phoenix was sitting next to me. We, we said hello. He was getting hair and makeup done and daddy, daddy, da. And, uh, you know, we said, hello. we had a li nice little chat. We had a little chat and he had his lines in his hand. So he was going through his lines and he made a little joke about, you know, making sure he'd have to learn his lines and stuff like that. So we had a nice uh, little chat there next to each other in the makeup chairs. But the interesting thing was when we got on to set, and I think I guess all in all, I guess we must have shot the two scenes uh, probably in about four hours. It was a baking, baking hot day in Romania. And when we were on the, on the set, because I was playing a storekeeper, and they were these two really, really bad guys, and they came into my store, and when they told me their name, I realized who they are and how dangerous and violent they are. And they're both quite kind of intimidating to me, their characters in the scene. But the thing was, when we were on set, the only time they spoke to me at all was during the scene. They didn't speak to me. They didn't chat with me or speak to me at all uh, outside of the actual acting in the scene. And I didn't mind that. I, 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 I was happy with that because I like to, I think the most important thing you do when you do any work, you've got to focus and just give yourself to what you're doing. And sometimes idle chit chat and things can get in the way a bit of one's concentration. So it didn't make me feel uncomfortable, but uh, <laughs> when I was chatting with, with John C. Riley uh, in one of the kind of breaks, he said to me, Philip, I hope you don't mind the fact that we haven't even spoken to you so far, uh, you know, when we accept <laughs> the only words we've spoken is when we've been doing the actual scene. It's just that we both like to completely concentrate and we can't just come out of character and be all nicey-nicey to the other actors that we're working with because we can't work well that way. And I thought that was fair enough, you know. Um, yeah, uh, one thing about Whacking Phoenix I mean, I mean, obviously, this sounds obvious to say, but he, I thought his acting was so, so natural and beautiful and captivating in that film. And he's a, just a wonderful actor. But he would, uh, he would sometimes, um, he he would uh, between shots, he would often uh, kind of mess around in a kind of 
the way a kind of excited excited uh, child or youngster would and it, it was quite uh, it was quite fascinating to watch um i i think maybe he did that to to keep spontaneous and and things like that so so regarding Joaquin Phoenix in answer to your question he sometimes between shots he was just very kind of just really normal and chatting with John C Riley but sometimes he kind of he would frolic around a bit like like a child um like an excited child at a fun fair is mm. best way to describe it and that was quite fascinating to watch but um it, i guess it's whatever works for the actor is good um regarding timothy chalamet he was an absolute dream to work with such a nice guy he's such a beautiful actor and such a nice guy humble friendly uh wonderful wonderful guy and you might actually remember christian and and you too maybe matthew that when we've worked together quite a lot of the time particularly if an actor i'm working with is doing an emotional scene or if i'm doing a self-tape and it's an emotional scene i will do i might do like 15 press-ups yes. 15 knuckle press-ups on the floor just before the take because it gets your breath alive and i often suggest to my students to do that and timothy chalamet several times when we were shooting the king he would just get down on on the floor or on the carpet or whatever and just do 10 of you know 10 or 15 quick press-ups and i thought wow you know timothy chalamet does that as well <laughs> so i think it's quite a good idea maybe and and uh, sometimes timothy chalamet you'd see him you'd see him sort of uh between scenes you'd see him walking around quite quickly on the set with headphones in and i think he might have been listening to a favorite song or a song that moved him or made him feel a certain thing just to do everything he possibly could to do the next scene as well as possible and i think that really really great actors just do anything and everything they need to be as good as possible and i think that attitude is great yeah, I really like the idea as well that um, lead actors on a set, they they have no fear in doing whatever prep is required for them. Like a lot of um, yeah, actors yeah. At, at drama school and sometimes quite green actors would probably feel um, silly to do that type of physical prep or headphones prep before yeah. they, um, they do a take because they feel like people are going to judge them, which on a film set full of, you know, maniacs in our industry that decide to do this for a living you should never feel, you know, as long as you're not compromising someone else's prep or performance, exactly. you should never feel like anything important. that you're doing is, is too weird. Yeah, That's absolutely. really interesting. That's a really good point, Christian. I totally agree because, um, and I think you're right that maybe people are just starting off in acting or something like that. They might think, oh, if I do press-ups or, you know, if I do press-ups, you know, in front of everybody or, or something like that people think i'm weird or you know they don't care i mean you know they really don't care i mean let's face it with drama school let's face it all the audition panels want for drama school is they just want to see a great performance and as long as you don't smash the room up you know then yeah 
then they'll be happy with what you do. You know, if you need to take 30 seconds or something to find a memory in your life that creates a certain emotion within you, you know, as long as you don't take ages to do it, I think they'll be very, very happy with that. In fact, I, I seem to remember, and you might be able to clarify this for me, Christian, but one of my students, um, an absolutely amazing actress called Lena... Lena Fellows, who also got into arts ed. I don't know if she was there at the same time as you, Christian, but she told me that when she came back from her arts ed audition, she, one of the reasons she really liked that school, really liked arts ed, was because they were very amenable to people doing whatever preparation they wanted to do before they started their speeches. <laughs> Again, not something that took 10 years, of course, but something that that worked for them, you know, to, to take 30 seconds or 40 seconds to do some press ups or something like that, just to create the, the, the feeling in you in order to do the scene as well as possible. And I think that's a really, really good attitude to have i think when directors when directors and, and tutors um or anybody in the industry has that attitude it's great because that's the way to get good work yeah i'd love to move on to um talking about accents philip so um while it's a skill at the moment that can you know is partly being sidelined a bit now in favor of just the authentic accent and you know that that's no bad thing these two you know the skill of accent work and then legitimate voices they can work hand in hand um but two accents for every actor to learn what you're sort of told at drama school is you need to be good at rp and you need to be good at general american and something that both um christian and i noticed when we were working with you while you were in preparation to play an american part in a project you maintained yeah. that accent in your day-to-day -day life. Um, how essential is that type of work for you when um, developing an accent or practicing an accent? And are there any other tools or exercise you use when it comes to accent work? When it comes to, uh, well, regarding, regarding um, what you mentioned about using for instance, with myself, the American accent in my day-to-day -day life, <laughs> the reason I did that was this. Uh, you know, it, it was, I did, I, I've done a lot of, uh, for many, many years, a lot of American parts in TV and film, but I got cast in something called Peacemaker about two, two years ago. I think it, I think it was a, Finnish uh, yeah it was a Finnish TV series and because I was in several episodes because some of the parts like in the sisters brother it was a one day shoot and obviously I made sure my accent was good for for what I had to say and stuff like that but because this was several episodes I thought Philip you've got to pull your socks off <laughs> you've got to make sure your accent is absolutely spot on because if you when I left Canada when I because I was raised in North America when I left Canada I was 11 years old and so my my American my Canadian American accent stuck and was very strong for many decades after that but kind of a few years ago I noticed that sometimes it would just slip a little bit and it would go into a little bit of an English sound 
And I thought, I can't have this, particularly if I'm not going to be in several episodes. I've got to be absolutely spot on. So that's why I would, when I was talking to my friends on the phone or leaving them voice messages or, or, or just even when my students used to come, I used to talk in American accent because I wanted to just immerse myself in it as much as possible. And, and it really, really helped. And the other thing that helped and I'm not mentioning this as a kind of plug. I'm not getting any money for it or anything like that. But there's an if a person wants to learn an American accent, I mean, of course, you can go to an American accent tutor and they'll be, uh, if it's a good tutor, they're really going to help you. But obviously, that's going to cost quite a lot of money. If, if you want an absolutely cheap way of learning American accent brilliantly, just go to something called American accent training there's youtube videos or you can buy her book for like 20 quid and she sends you all these american accent files that you can listen to as you're going around the house and and i did that um i do it every morning for 20 minutes even now um and it's incredibly helpful because your organs of speech are just making those american sounds every single day and so it just becomes part of you yeah 100 percent. that's some serious commitment to the accent I, I remember it was um when christian first introduced me to you to work on a, an audition tape that came through or it was to work on my cv because you, you you do various bits and bobs and i remember oh yeah it's yeah. this uh, english english acting coach and then i called you up and this american guy answered and i was like what is happening here who is this man did i do that yeah, you you were you were in it, Philip. It was great, and it was only about six months later, I think, when I went to do another tape for you at some point, and you were speaking English. I was like, "Oh no, he is English. Well, oh. You've got an English accent." I think. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sorry, guys. By the way, I, I'm I, I'm not sure if I actually answered your previous question before, but I hope I did. But um, interestingly enough, I, I was in this computer game called Hitman, and I played an American character. And one of my actress friends, an amazing actress called Jane Perry, um, played a, an English Rose character called Diana in this game, Hitman. And she's Canadian. So it, it was just and, and when we did this kind of interview on YouTube, a lot of the people who were Hitman fans were saying, this is really weird. I can't believe it, that the guy playing the constant, who's an American character, is voiced by a British actor. And, and the English Rose Diana is voiced by a Canadian actress. So, you know, you know, it's whatever works for the project, I think. Absolutely. Oh, so and, do um, they actually tell you? Sorry. No, you go ahead. What were you saying? I was going to say, do they say to you in drama? I remember in drama school, when I was in drama school, they said RP. You know, everybody should learn <clears throat> RP. But mm. do they tell you in drama school now that you should learn um american as well if they do i think that's a good idea yeah 100 percent. i remember we were told that in first year in first year uh oh, said okay. we did a play where there was an irish character an english character and an american character no one wanted to play the irish one because that accent is so difficult to get legitimately right and <laughs> of course that's that's the one i got 
the RP and the American were for that purpose were to introduce the um, you know all the ways that you can get into an accent so um, and the people that weren't naturally RP speaking given the RP one and, and bits and bobs like that so um, as we've mentioned okay. you know such as your yeah, accent yeah. work your the prep you do for any project is quite extensive if you've got the time can you give us any sort of guide to, you know, I hate the term your process, but it's all the only one that applies here. Um, any sort of stuff that you yeah. seem to reliably do from when you get that script through from an email once you've okay. got the job yeah. to when you perform? That's it. Yeah, it's a really, I think you guys are both asking really, really interesting, good questions. Um, what I would say is this, I can only answer this, you know, uh, I can only answer this for myself and completely honestly. Um, I, I don't believe in doing, I, I think I, I think particularly in uh, an actor's um, er, very early part of their career, I think I found this myself because it's all very new and you're kind of finding your feet and things like that. I think sometimes a lot of actors tend to think, oh, you know, well, I've been cast in this part. I've got to completely immerse myself into it in every way, shape or form. I've got to figure out, oh, you know, if I did, it does my character have a granddad. And what, if I have a granddad, what would his favorite color socks be? It's completely irrelevant. You know, if you start asking so many questions like that, it's just going to fog your mind up i think the most important thing in my opinion is to just focus on the essential things and in my opinion what i would always focus on is what's my character trying to achieve in that moment and how does the character feel in that moment and not to not to not to act the feeling or display the feeling or show the feeling, but actually feel it inside you. And if you try to achieve your objective and you feel what the character's feeling, I think that's all you need to do. The only other thing that I think to me, and this is just my opinion, the only other thing that I would think about regarding preparing for a role is if the character had a very different physicality from myself, if he might be, uh, if I thought the character might be more, much more uh, solid than myself, I would, I would do my best to incorporate that solidity when I was doing the scene or if the character would be a kind of lighter character than myself I would make sure I had that lightness as well so I think I think try to achieve your objective feel what the character's feeling but also try to physically embody how that person would be that's what I would do I I wouldn't I mean, I mean, if I was playing a carpenter, I wouldn't go and I wouldn't think it necessary to go and build a house. I wouldn't. You're go not and doing build the Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> was it Daniel Day Lewis that did that? I mean, I he's an amazing he actor. That, let's face he? it. I mean, let's. I mean, he's got loads of Oscars, so you know, you you know, in a way, you can't really knock it. But 
but I personally wouldn't do that because I couldn't believe in doing that. I, I could just, I just work in what you need to do in that scene, in that moment. Here at Actors Coaching International, we like to partner up with the best, which is why we're offering In The Room listeners 20% discount on all of our classes. When booking, simply put in capital letters, In Room 20, that's In Room 2020, in the discount code, or email us, hello at actorsci.com, mentioning In The Room when booking. Yeah. I think um, you'll remember Matt as well at drama school when we had a session with Tom Attenborough and he said, you know, if, if your granddad had passed away five years ago and your girlfriend had cheated on you three years ago and your dog had, you know, something had happened to it. And then your your line in the film was, would you like some milk? How how do you show all that past? Like what, what good does it bring? Exactly. Um, so exactly. I couldn't yeah. agree more with that. I could not agree more. Yeah. It depends where you as get the we milk just from. Talking- Oh, I was just thinking about some cereal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I totally agree about that. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, we were talking, you touched upon um, your recurring role in the Hitman franchise. Um, what are your, what are the sort of key differences you find in your process on a video game? Yeah. For example, as opposed to getting a film script? Uh Well, I don't really, I don't really think there would be any key differences, um, in my opinion. Because uh, I assume it's shot. I assume you go because I don't know. I've never done a video game, but do, mm-hmm. you, do you go into like a lot of green screen and you're just acting as if you would on a movie, and then they just CGI that to make? Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, that's it. That you you have the you put this kind of lycra suit on, which has got these kind of shiny balls in all over it in the places where your body moves. And then you have to wear a kind of camera on your head that, that shoots your face. Hmm. And they have all these cameras around the room. And I remember when I did, I, I did two um, cut scenes in, in Hitman, uh, one with an article rum, Ramon Tikaram and he was fantastic and and the other one was with Jane Perry and and it was wonderful working with Jane and like for instance when I did the scene with Jane on, on the on the train at first you think you think it was a very subtle it was a very subtle scene it was a very kind of low voice scene very kind of intimate scene and at first I thought how on earth are we going to do this this very kind of subtle scene this, um, with a lot of intrigue and mystery and what's going to happen in it. How are we going to do this wearing these cameras on our heads, <laughs> which felt so strange, but very quickly. And Jane's such a fantastic actress and we got on so well. You just forget about it and you just you just give yourself to it. And I think the important thing is with computer games, they want you to be absolutely natural absolutely natural and i just love doing hitman it's just one of my favorite parts ever just one little thing i wanted to mention about just just a a question um uh, that you asked me a little earlier one other thing i wanted to mention i think you're mentioning about 
the importance of actors feeling comfortable to do whatever preparation they know is going to help them do a good performance as, as long mm -hmm. as it doesn't you know annoy another actor or something like that that's very important as well but um i remember when i i did a film called automata and i only had one scene in it and the scene was with a wonderful actress um whose name escapes me who played my wife and she was fantastic and antonio banderas and it was a really it was a fantastic scene and my character and my wife my wife character we were the dog had died we'd killed the dog to try to get compensation money from this company and so when i was talking to the uh the kind of detective who was trying to antonio banderas who was trying to figure out whether our claim for the insurance money was true or not i just had to the whole scene i had to spend crying i had to spend do the whole scene crying and obviously we, we shot me uh in wide and me in in um medium close-up then close-up and then antonio banderas in, in all his three shots so basically i spent like the whole day doing that scene it was a really really good scene the whole day um having to cry and be be crying from the beginning of the scene and i remember distinctly uh before i started to shoot that because I, I thought he was going to be angry and the director said he wanted him to be very upset and crying and i remember thinking to myself right okay philip you've got to, you've got to make sure you do this really well you've got to do this you've got to completely give yourself to this and and so before every single shot i was shooting for about five or six hours i'd have to make myself cry and and properly cry really to feel something that made me cry so it didn't look like the actor was imitating something but the character was really feeling that and again it's just one of the, those instances where you've got to just have no inhibitions at all not to feel self-conscious don't have any inhibitions just completely immerse yourself and i remember thinking to myself bringing back a memory in my life from a few years before that of something that uh brought me to tears very quickly and i i you know it's important i think you know don't worry about asking don't ask anybody permission to do that don't say to the director oh do you mind if i just go into the corner and and make myself cry or something just do it you know what i mean because everybody else is just concerned with their job they're concerned with the lighting and the script and sound what the director wants is he wants an actor who doesn't even need to be given any directions so just immerse yourself in it and everything will be well yeah Absolutely. I mean, I often find myself just going to the corner of a film set and crying, but that's nothing to do with the prep for my character. That's just a, <laughs> that's just a, that's just a thing that seems to no, happen. Okay. You should write series two of The Office. It'd be great. All right. Oh, they've had series. Anyway. Okay. okay. Um, I mean, that's what I think. So my answer's too long. 
<laughs> no, I'm not enjoying it. Philip. It's right, good. Right. You whatever right. comes to mind, you let it out. So um, we'd love to move on you know, to your. Sorry, yeah, yeah, it's all right. We've we got the edit. We're good. You can we can just put in more stories about me <laughs> crying or stuff like that. It's it's all good. Um, we'd love yeah, to talk yeah. a bit about yeah. your work as an as an acting coach. You you do very you do multiple things for actors. And one of the things, like you did with Christian, was um you work for, on um applicants for drama school auditions. And having yeah. worked, you know, really successfully with a lot of people throughout the years, what bits of advice do you find yourself giving time after time after time or common pitfalls that auditionees fall into? Again, you're both asking just absolutely fantastic questions, um, really pertinent, relevant, really, really good questions. Um, what I would say regarding, well, certainly regarding people, students of mine who are going for drama school, I would say, like, for instance, when it comes to sight reading, because you might get sight reading, you might get sight reading in your recall audition, for instance. Um, and I, I think some actors, <clears throat> because of the very name, sight reading, I think some actors, maybe actors, particularly in the early stages of their career, uh, they tend to think of sight reading like, oh, well, you know, it's it's sight reading. You know, I'll give it a go. I'll kind of read it. I'll read it and then I'll see what the director says um, as a direction. Then I'll do it differently. But I always say don't think of it as, as reading. Think of it, do your very best for perform. Obviously, they know that you can't <laughs> If you've been given a piece of sight reading, um, and you've had two minutes to look at a monologue or something like that, which they might do in a drama school recall. Obviously, you don't have anywhere near enough time to learn the lines, but don't read it. Do it as if it's your final. Do it as if you've got one chance to get the part. And that will make you do a much better performance than if you have the attitude, ah, oh, you know, I'll just read it. I'll just give it a go. They don't want that. They don't, they want a brilliant performance right away. So that's, you should do your best to give that. And again, just another, again, like I mentioned earlier, you know, when a, a person's breathing is a person's breath, a a breath affects us so much in life in so many situations. You know, when we're happy and laughing, our breath is alive. If we're angry, our breath becomes alive or sad or in pain, our breath becomes alive. And so if you're doing a scene where the character is feeling a strong emotion in some way, if you as the actor make your breath come alive it's going to help you act that it's really going to help you act that so much then you know so imagine you're going to do some some intense like isabella from measure for measure or something or richard the second or something like that in i i think christian you did a richard the second speech and and mm. just just to get a very emotional speech just to do 10 or 15 press-ups before you walk on in that audition to get your breath alive is really, really going to help you hit the ground running in that scene. Or just to take 30 seconds to go back in your and, and feel 
a feeling from something strong that happened to you in your life to give you that feeling of joy or tears or whatever it is. Just do whatever, do whatever you can to get your breath and your, your, your feeling in your heart as near to the character as possible. And you're going to be well on the way to, to getting a recall. Hmm, absolutely. Anthony Mendel talks a lot about the breath as well. I've, I've worked with him quite a lot in uh, London. Uh, sorry, who, who, who was that, Christian? Uh, Anthony Mendel. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, so he's really great. And he, and he talks a lot about the breath. Um, I'd love to move on um, to another side of what you do. Assisting actors in finding an agent or changing rep is another side. Yeah. Um, there are obviously uncontrollable factors when it comes to getting an agent. But what are some actionable steps that actors can take to get signed by the right agent? Yeah, <laughs> I know I keep saying this. You guys are both asking really, really great questions. And um, what I would say is um, to get the right agent, uh, I think, right, just think, think to yourself when you're writing the letter, when you're writing the email itself, think of, obviously, think of the, your, your most impressive credits and you want them to stand out in your letter. I, I mean, a lot of, I think a lot of actors tend to write their emails to agents a bit like they're writing to the, to a bank. And I think, I think, I, I, I mean, it should be formal, but there's ways it can be made more visually exciting um, not to make it too long. Think of what your best credits are and think of think of the think of the particular skills uh, and talents you have besides your credits that are going to attract the agent. I think one of the most important things if you speak, a, I mean, let's just imagine that the actor's British or English. Um, if you actually speak another language well, really make that stand out in your letter. Don't just don't just put it on your CV. Don't just have it on Spotlight because they they might be getting lots of agents. Uh, sorry, lots of emails. Good agents are going to be getting lots of emails. Make it stand out clearly. So imagine you you want you want all your good credits and all your best talents and abilities to to um, absolutely leap out from the page to the reader. So if you speak another language, it's such an important thing and get you so many auditions. You imagine you can imagine an actor can all I can speak is English. Imagine an actor speaks fluent French or really good French. Um, it's really going to help them get cast. Make sure it stands out clearly in your email to the agent. And if you do, for instance, a, a really good, let's say, American accent or, or, you know, German accent or Italian accent or something like that, again, make it stand out really clearly in your letter. So make, think, think of the things that agents want they want people with good credits and obviously showreel is going to be really important as well of course but they want people of various different nationalities and people that can do the fundamental accents in the world so and again you know rp is really useful 
uh, Americans really useful. And actually, I think Australians quite useful as well, actually, accent wise. So I, I think, you know, just think what are the things that that I can impress the agent with and make sure those things stand out? Yeah, that's really interesting, Philip. And actually, it's odd you say Australian there, because I think, Christian, you brought up in another podcast we've done that you had to sing in an Australian accent, didn't you? And then I've done... <laughs> I've done a play audition in an Australian accent and it just wasn't one I thought was an essential one to know. But having you okay. say that and then both of us having auditions requiring an Aussie accent. Yeah, that's quite interesting. I hadn't considered that one. Um, we've got yeah. two questions to wrap up our main set of uh, questions with you, Philip, and I'm going to ask them as a, as a double barreled one. So we'd love to know oh, okay. if you if you can tell us oh, about, okay. you know. Oh, can you hear me there, okay. Philip? <laughs> you just trying to say something. Yeah, I'm very was that Christian talking? That was Matt. We we sound very similar, which makes Christian very angry. Yeah, sorry. He he hates that. <laughs> sorry. Um, the only other thing I was going to say is, uh, forgive me for interrupting you for a moment. I'm sorry. Uh, is that? I mean, I know this is probably really really obvious, but and again, when it comes to writing to agents, make make absolutely sure your your showreel is as tip top as it possibly can be because in the end that is the most important thing about the application is your showreel i mean obviously going for theater work is different but if you're going for like film and tv you know make sure there's no dead wood on the showreel make sure it's very tight showreel make sure it's a showreel that's showing you off have as many I mean, God, make sure your acting's good in every scene, of course, but as many close-ups as you can have, don't need to tell the story of the scene. You just need to show your good acting work. Make sure your showreel is really great. You know, if you if you know how to edit, edit it yourself, fine. Otherwise, go to a fantastic editor, make it really, really tight. Spend money and time and heart on your showreel, and that will that will give you good di dividends. Absolutely. 100% agreed on that. Okay. We'd love to um, wrap up this main line of questions by asking you, what can you tell us about any projects you've been working on recently or got coming out soon that we can find? And if following on from listening to this podcast, if actors would like to work with you as an acting coach, how do they get in contact with you? Um, if people... If any actors or anybody wants to come to me regarding help for drama school or auditions and self-tapes, just just give me a call or send me an email and I'll get back to them as soon as I can, basically. Um, regarding projects I've uh, done recently, um, I did one at I did one at Pinewood in October. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those ones where you're not allowed to tell anybody about it. So I'll move on to the next one. I did one. I did. I shot something in Romania called Pilgrim. Uh, Tim Burton was directing. I was a uh, quite a small part, American part. That was really, really good. I really enjoyed that. That's that'll be a a TV series. I think a ten part TV series coming out later this year, and I really enjoyed that. And most recently, I actually did the very first Bollywood thing I ever did. I've never, ever worked in India before. And I've, I've in December, I did a, 
two and a half week shoot in India of something that's called the Railway Men. And it was about um, an industrial, a very tragic, awful industrial disaster that happened in India in, I think, 1982 or 1983, I think it was. And I played the American, I was representing the Americans that ran the ran the the factory and i actually loved shooting that so much and that that's coming out on uh december the 2nd this year yeah it was great fun oh very exciting philip i don't want to give out any details that you don't want me to so uh just to clarify for everyone if they type in your name on google uh your website comes up and your email address will be there and they can contact you to get the number as well is that right uh yeah (laughs) that's right uh regarding the website uh i'm just so technical things are not my forte in any way shape or form i've been meaning to build this website for 15 years and isn't even done yet because i'm just useless with things like that but i've had so many i tend to get a lot of calls anyway so i haven't needed to finish it but people should just ignore the website uh, just go on a spotlight or the stage and look my number up from there and just just give me a call and I can call them back as soon as I can. Okay, fantastic. Well, that wraps up all of our main questions. We would love to move on to the newest section of our In The Room podcast, which is the 10 rapid fire questions that you've never seen before. So it will be very spontaneous as we like it. Okay, great. So are you ready for the questions? Matt, would you like to kick us off? Okay, here we go, Philip. In one sentence or less, 10 rapid fire questions. And number one, one quality that you see in all your best acting students. Gosh, that's a really good question. Um, Truthfulness. A performance you saw live or on screen that everyone should watch. Well, I would say watch the whole series because it's astonishing. But, uh, you know, watch the scene in The Office Series 1 where Ricky Gervais as David Brent is given the news that he's going to be fired. And he's been such a joker. He's been he's been such a joker messing messing around with everybody in the office and the the pain, the pain and truthfulness and feeling Ricky Gervais has as as he asks, as he says, please don't fire me. Absolutely captivating, beautiful, beautiful performance. I think he's one of the best actors in the whole world. Favourite way to pass the time when waiting on set? (laughs) Um, Okay. Oh. oh, okay. Uh, text or call one of your very best friends because however you're feeling, they will help you feel good and you'll probably be feeling some strong emotion having texted them or called them because they're one of your best friends or listen to, just listen to Bohemian Rhapsody. That's all you should do. Oh, yes. <laughs> one actor you'd love to work opposite. Well, one actor. Uh, Ricky what would you say to your hitman character the constant if you met him in real life 
was a good one. Um, I'd probably say, do you feel your actions in the world are causing happiness or causing pain? Cool. That's deep. Should everyone listen to the In The Room podcast? <laughs> yeah, I would say definitely. Oh, thank God. I thought that laugh was leading into a no then, Philip. You had me on tender hooks there. <laughs> okay. Next question. The most challenging Shakespeare speech you've done yourself or coached someone else to do? Oh, great question. Wow. I mean, there's so many amazing Shakespeare speeches and challenging ones. Um, <clears throat> okay. Uh, maybe, well, I mean, so many, one of the most, I think one of the most challenging is Edgar. Um, I heard myself proclaimed Edgar from King Lear, where he's, he, he's, Okay, so one question, one line. I won't go on, sorry. Edgar from King Lear, I heard myself proclaimed. Because he actually has to transform himself into this, he has to put on an acting part to hide from the authorities that want to kill him. And, and he transforms himself into a kind of, uh, the, the, the worst kind of uh, ne'er-do-well, poverty-stricken tramp in, in the on the on the in the windswept moor that is in agony in his life in order to hide himself from the authorities and it's just he transforms himself into a kind of beast in order to do that and if an actor does that well it's just astonishing what country out of the ones that you filmed in would you love to go back to one day and visit um <laughs> i'd go back to india yeah. What would the title of your autobiography be? Jeez. Um, um, I would call it Mantra. Mantra. One piece of advice you'd give it to an actor who isn't happy with where they are in their career currently? I would say if they're not happy with their acting work, I would say always remember that any great art, any, anything, almost everything in life is, is simple and just think, in the scene, just think, just try to achieve your objective and feel what the character is feeling. Don't act the feeling, actually feel what the character is feeling and try to achieve your objective because there's every moment in life we're always trying to achieve an objective, except when we're asleep. If you do that, you'll be a really fabulous actor. Amazing. Brilliant. That concludes our podcast. Thank you so I much. You guys. That was so much fun. You should be professional interviews as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, though. We really appreciate you. your time. Oh, it was great. I really enjoyed it, guys.